0: I heard a guy say, um, before you judge somebody, you should always try to walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when you judge them, you're a mile away and you've got their shoes. (laughs) I was
1: going to say, you must have small feet, otherwise a lot of them wouldn't fit.
0: (laughs) That's right. Exactly right. SalesMarketingProfit.com Real world case studies, no theory, just real results. You're listening to SMP with James Shramko and Taki Moore.
1: Sales, marketing, profit. What episode is this? Nine. Nine. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So James here and uh, Taki, we're recording another episode of Sales Marketing Profit, Yep, and it's your turn this
0: week. Hey man, I'm super excited about this. We're actually at your place here in Manly, got a surfboard hanging up here on the left. That's uh, my prize. Oh yeah, yeah. congratulations. I'm coming third on purpose and getting exactly the prize you wanted.
1: And I hope you haven't got your Vespa hanging on the wall.
0: I totally don't have my Vespa hanging on the wall, it's in the garage right now. You um, didn't ride it here? I haven't even got a license yet. Oh my goodness. it's <laughs> awesome. So um, let's just jump in, shall we? Yeah. That was the warm-up, by the way. I feel warm. Yeah. Uh, sunny day, shoes off. It's actually good seeing a couple of kind of naked pairs of feet down there. That's that's all that's naked. Let's be really that's clear it. about that. So uh, today's case study is a client of mine, actually somebody who you met right in the early days of his career. His name's Mario, and uh, lives in the States, kind of emigrated from, well, from overseas, came to the States, young guy, super passionate, wants to make his marking kind of internet marketing. And uh, when I met him, he'd been working with some big name guys, but you actually met him right at the start. Do you want to do yeah, that Yeah,
1: when I first met Mario, he was, I think he was working in a hotel yeah. in another country and he was just at the very, very foothills of where he ended up. And then the next time I bumped into him, so I was working with him initially to get him to the point where he could sell a product, which he did in the Warrior Forum. Yeah. And then from there, we actually met at Frank Kern's event at Mass Control 2. There you go. Face-to-face. And we had uh, some conversations there as part of the sort of coaching bonus I had. Next time I bumped into him, I saw a video of his where he was – telling a story about his uh, upbringing, which was a difficult circumstance, and he was sharing it at a conference for a forum that I was involved with back then. So I'd seen that he'd made a progression. Yeah. And then the third time, I remember we were walking around the streets of Manly uh, maybe a year ago, and you were telling me that Mario's on board. Yeah. So it's good to see the whole evolution
0: from, totally. from zero through to now. That's good. So uh, when I met him, he was he was, uh, you know, he's an online marketer, internet marketing space, and uh, really trying to position himself as, you know, one of the new leaders in the, you know, in what he saw as kind of a fairly old school kind of world. So what he was doing was he he'd put on a, a big event. I think it was four days. And, you know, he had – I'd like to publicly apologize for having my phone on. That was a bit bad. Well, oh, let me answer it no. Shall we? No. Um, no, we totally won't. Uh, so he put on a big event and it was four days. With him and a whole bunch of big name speakers. I don't know if we want to well, do names. I, I saw that he had big names and I thought that was very clever positioning. Yeah, it was really clever from a positioning point of view because it set him up as the you know the you know one of the one of the you know top guys. It actually had a whole bunch of downsides though. And so he put on this big event, it was four days, and he had you know Frank and Andy and a bunch of other kind of big name dudes there speaking. And so he filled this event with, you know, lots and lots and lots of dudes. Here's the challenge though. The reason people come to an event is the reason they'll buy, and so they came to hang out with these big name dudes, of which he was not one. And so when it came time to his offer, he was frustrated because hardly anyone took him up. Secondly, uh, most of the people were, uh, you know, at the bar or in the hallways chatting and not in his sessions. That's a very uh, conference-y thing in our space. Yeah, and it's it's super bizarre, right?
1: And Except so. For- Except for your event and my event. Yeah, because we do it
0: completely differently. Content seminars. Exactly. So he had a big crowd, the people in halls, lost a bunch of money, and was physically exhausted at the end. Uh, Like, you're beat up and run down and sick. And just scratching his head going, well, what did I do wrong? And that's kind of where we start the story.
1: So would it be fair to say that he might have had a... Sort of like a nuclear bomb going off. He would have had people now aware of him. Yeah, So he might have had a... Some
0: reputation stock, but yeah, he not got his money in a bank. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, do you want to be famous or wealthy? Yeah. Um, so, so he did some branding. He did some branding. Did branding. Some branding. Exactly. <laughs> High five. Well done. It was a good branding exercise. You know, and you, you and I both feel very similarly branding. It's a great thing to have as a byproduct, but I'd, frankly, I'd rather have the cash. So anyway, he's lost money. He's discouraged. He's really sick and physically tired and just doubting if he can, if he can do it. And uh, so we got to talking about what if you could do it an event that was really different from the digital. So instead of a big event, we're going to do something small. Instead of having all of these big names, it's just you. Instead of having, you know, going for the crowd, what if we only got the people who are actually real buyers, you know? Instead of it being a pitch fest with multi-speaker, we just have content. Holy crap, imagine that. Yeah, it's kind of of radical. So instead of pitches, we go for value. Just with this idea that the reason people come is the reason they buy. So they come because they want the, you know, the fun and the experience and the guest speakers – that's really what they're into, not about you and your stuff. Thoughts? Well, I think people are selfish,
1: inherently selfish, and they usually only do something because they feel they'll be better off, whatever that is. So I, from your first scenario, I guess they felt they were going to rub shoulders with famous people. Yep. And just that celebrity factor, especially in the North American market, yep. can you can make sales. You can sell Health grills and stuff if you're a boxer. (laughs) That's right. But I think if you want to – if you really want to address people's problems and challenges, you've got to make it about
0: them. Yeah, you totally do. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So the spotlight in this in the first case was come and hang out with these famous dudes – and the spotlight in the second in the you know the new scenario is, small event, I'm going to help you with your stuff, and it's going to be about this. So it's a lot to do with framing the expectation.
1: Totally. And you can control that. A lot of people don't. Like, the, here's someone who was doing the typical pathway that's taught by most people. Yeah. You do the hard luck come good story, you run the big event, and that model is at the very best fatigued, and at worst, completely broken in in the in the US space for conferences, and also in Australia,
0: yeah, the I, conference seminar
1: industry has really come to a grinding halt.
0: Yeah, and and the people who are winning right now are the people who lead with value instead of lead with you know crappy bogus. That's the long haul game. Totally. So I love live events, and you do a really great event each year. And also, I do monthly get-togethers. Yeah, you totally so, do. I,
1: You know, it's it's funny, but I do little mini events of 25 people every month. Right. And I do a maxi event once a year. Dude, it's sounding like is, a tampon. Well, <laughs> tampon, a maxi. I don't know if that's...
0: Sorry about that's that. that. <laughs> Ladies, oh. I apologize for my mouth. My,
1: <laughs> <laughs> a larger event. Yeah, that's right. Of a couple of hundred people once a year. Totally. To, to bond the community.
0: Yeah, so we both we both do events, uh, both to deliver our services, but also to introduce people to them, you know, for our for our communities. And uh, also, it's if you have more focus
1: on content, you can actually create product right. at an event. You get paid in advance yep. to create product. Yep. And. Keep everyone happy as a CRM exercise. So imagine a program where you get paid to look after your best customers, correct? And and that's what I see my mastermind as. Exactly, it's like a a tune in every week or so to catch up with my best customers and to help them, and and they
0: reward me for that. Yeah, exactly. It's completely brilliant,
1: and it's good for research and development.
0: It is because you can stay cutting edge because you can, you know, both you and your clients get to learn. Here's what's working in my business right now. Awesome. I love live events because, they're you know, firstly, they're immersive. You know, it's a chance to bring everybody together and actually have everyone's full attention engaged for, you know, one or two or three days. They can't have six browsers open. You can't have six yeah. browsers open. Exactly. Uh, number two, they're great for, uh, for launching high-end programs. If you want somebody to make a big commitment to work with you in a coaching arrangement or something like that, then you're having them marinate in your world for two days and learn the way you think. And- well, they have to make a
1: bigger commitment. A financial cost, a physical dislodgement from their desk.
0: <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, Plus, logistics, transport, right. accommodation, yeah. etc. If you've got people flying from London to your event in LA, then they're pretty committed even before they walk in the door. Those people often get the most out of us. Like when we go to, to events in other events. countries,
1: I reckon we would get the, the best notes and take the most action. Yeah, we completely. were both. You know, we've both done courses overseas. Yeah. And we've probably some of them are good. got more out of it.
0: Yeah, Some of them are good <laughs> and some of them aren't, which, which is, you know, we're pretty picky now as well. Correct. So the, I love them because they're immersive. Number two, they're great for selling high-end stuff. And thirdly, they're kind of scalable. You can, you know, particularly if you're thinking about an event to sell, you can run a an event and have, you know, get the same kind of results with 10 as you could with 50, as you could with 100 or you could with 200. Um, so with Mario, we, we really focused on kind of, five key ideas around his event. And I uh, you know they they sound a little bit fancy, we're gonna run through them. And just this is how we planned out his gig. Is that cool? Let's do it. So the first thing was to your first key I teach when it comes to building an event that sells is to deconstruct the details. So you figure out what's in your offer, you know, the thing you want to sell later, in his case kind of a high-end mentoring last program. And you bust out all the little pieces. So what are all the content you're gonna teach in that? And how is it delivered? So you know there's workshops and there's webinars and there's whatever. And you just want to make sure that uh, whatever the pieces you've got, we can actually talk about them in the content before you make your offer so there's no surprises in the offer I think we might have talked about that on What's well, like episode. if you plan
1: to sell wine right. then you're going to need to plant grapes perfect you know,
0: and <laughs> exactly. and you're gonna need the
1: vat like it's starting with the end in mind classic exactly so we're going to list
0: out all of the components in your program and all of the content that you're going to teach in your high-end thing and make sure that's covered that's number one number two uh, we listen to their little voice you know people put on a really great act when we're in public about how everything's great but if you kind of Ignore that bit and you go, what are they really thinking? What are their fears and their frustrations and their wants and their their aspirations? What are their objections? You listen to all of that stuff and you list it out. And then when you go to plan the content, you can make sure that you've talked about every objection through the content so they're much less likely to happen at the offer. That sounds
1: easy, but I think it's actually harder to do the more successful you are. Yes. To actually go back to in where you, time and to have beginners. Ex- to to remember that frustration and the pain or the the walking up to the cash register at the supermarket, not knowing if your credit card's gonna clear or not, that you know, yeah, the potential embarrassment and impending doom, you know, that that <laughs> seems like a lifetime ago. But yeah, a but lot of people s- are in that space exactly where you need and you need to meet them right there.
0: Yeah, exactly right. If you can Walk in, walk in their shoes. In, walk in their shoes. I, I heard a guy say, um, before you judge somebody, you should always try to work a, walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when you judge them, you're a mile away and you've got their shoes. <laughs> <Which> is- <laughs> I was going to say, you must have you know, small feet. Otherwise, a, a lot of them wouldn't fit. <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. Uh, so, number, so when we go to plan out one of these events, the first thing we do is we list out what's in our offer. Number two, we're going to get deep into what's going on in their mind. What are the objections and the fears and all that stuff? And then thirdly, we create like a visual map. And for me, it's a bunch of post-it notes. So I have like multiple colors and I'll have, you know, one set of post-it notes, which is the content I want to teach. One set, which is the items, which are in the offer. One is, which is their objections. One, which is the stories that I can tell that back that up exercise. And I literally map them out on a window. And so we had this kind of super wide, you know, along the top is all of the different sessions. And going down is, you know, what am I gonna what objection am I gonna answer here? What content am I gonna teach there? And we kind of plan the whole thing out like this kind of heads up display. It's pretty cool. And just to to add some depth here, yeah. Taki's doing the hand actions as we I do. I totally am. Thing. I'm pointing at your window I'm, and I'm kind of stretching I'm, it out. I'm
1: ducking out of the <laughs> out of the big stretched arms. You, That's you, right. You're like a human bower bird. You collect these colourful objects. I totally
0: do. But then we burn them off. We take photos and we we save them to Evernote. We walk away. But we create this visual map, and what that does is it lets you, you know, kind of step back a little bit and literally look at your whole event on a wall and go, okay, what's missing? Well, it looks like I'm going to go over time there. I need to cut that, or I need to merge these two together, and just get a kind of a really good sense. So then, then it's just about building the content. So you have a you know a vertical row of these post-it notes saying, yeah, you know, we're going to talk about how to sell on webinars or whatever the topic is, and now you can just build a great training. You know, give your heart and soul. So long as you cover those you know, four or five post-it notes, you know that you're going to do a great job. You're going to teach awesome value and you're going to set up the need for the next thing. It's perfect. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And yeah. then lastly, kind of choreograph the clothes. You just want to have a way of talking about your stuff that isn't, you know, steak knivesy. That people don't get that instant barrier. Yeah. Oh, oh, here it comes. Yep. You know, and any time they go, you know, you get this and you get this and you get this and you get this and you get this. And then here's the bonuses and they're all valued at $18 million, but today only and they start, to, like at the moment that happens. And, you get a cruise ship,
1: right? That's that is the mo- most interesting one I've seen. I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's classic. Yeah, you get the cruise ship and like screaming and waving the cruise ship tickets, and then the Pied Piper out the door. It it actually is that right? Sadly, I've seen it work successfully. Yeah, I hate that stuff. But it's not right.
0: Right. So you and I are both kind of no BS and kind of hype haters, and to me that just that just reeks of disgusting. Yeah okay so here's the rule uh, if you're going to work with me or james we've got to, we've got to drop that bs because we're just not a, we're just not about that at all so we're going to figure out how to unpack your offer in a way that is really natural and it's just a uh, let me tell you what it's about let me tell you who it's for and who it's not for what's in it and you can make a great decision
1: yeah. and uh, so it's a
0: decision making phase correct yeah exactly right and so uh, Mario went from you know obviously implemented that stuff but he went from huge event hundreds and hundreds of people tens of thousands of dollars. In the hole and exhausted to much smaller event. You know, 27 people came to his next gig and he's like, oh man, that's a complete disaster. No, dude, it's completely not because it's about what you sell. So, of the 27, 14 sales at between 650 and 800 a month. And that was his first gig. And now he's done it twice more. And each time he's kind of, now he's got this community that's growing. And so, uh, what I love about this is you can be yourself, you can be completely authentic, you don't have to razzle or dazzle to do really, really well. I'm always looking for a sustainable. Model and if
1: I were to describe the way I've designed my life now, it's built around something I can sustain. Mm. I, I could do this for the next ten years easily. Like live like you're retired almost, because you do this anyway. You, like it's natural if you're good at something, you're going to hold hold a little gathering and share it with other people. It's
0: it's just very it's natural. What you do yeah. exactly right. So this has just taken the effort way down. He doesn't need to rent a huge room or spend a fortune. There's no dancing girls. I think there was dancing girls at his first event. That would have been fun. <laughs> but like, dude, seriously. Yeah, Anytime you're adding dancing girls to make your offer, you know it's just like, dude, so we're these, doing it wrong. It's like adding pressure. The the more commitment
1: you want to make, the more pressure. Yeah. So I've got an event coming up in six months from now. Yep. But I've already paid for the venue. Yeah. And there's no pressure. I have got plenty of time. It's a matter of just making it available. Exactly. There's no force or or push. No. And because mm-hmm. it's the tenth. There's so much
0: momentum. It just gets easier every time. It's almost like no effort. Yeah, exactly. We've got a, a snowball rolling. Yep. And, uh, you know, it just picks up life of its own every now and again. You give it a little tap and that's done. I don't know if you tap snowballs, but we are in this metaphor. That's how we're going to roll. Yeah. Well, after we
1: don't we don't get too much snow down here. No, we totally don't.
0: So um, let's just talk about, you know, what we can learn from this. I think there's there's a bunch of lessons. I'd love to kind of check in with you and see if there's any kind of big ideas out of this Mario story that's, that's popped for you.
1: Biggest idea so far is that you don't have to take the path that is most often taught by, I don't know, star maker, I'll call that. Would that be what it yeah. is? The star maker st- sort of program where you've got to do a big launch, you've got to have the postcards, you've got to have the big names, the big events, the big prizes, all the hoopla and the right. razzmatazz. You're asking for trouble and, and increasing your liability. I think the, the key lesson is you can take an organic path, you can do it on a small scale mm. And you can do it strategically. And I like the event planning. That's exactly how they they taught me to plan events is mm. the post-it notes on a window. Is that right? Yeah. All around the world, are there there are hotel rooms and, and offices with post-it, notes, stuck post-it on. notes on the window. Yeah,
0: exactly right. In fact, you know what we could do? I was just thinking, I've got a photo of the first ever photo wall that I did. Oh, sorry, post-it note wall. We should stick it up on the site and people can have a look at what it might look like. That'd be fine. We can see Taki's Yeah, evil scheme work. wall. Exactly.
1: You, like you
0: must have skipped preschool,
1: I'm thinking, because you're so good with drawings and visuals and that. No, I don't
0: think I skipped preschool. I think I just stayed there for a long time. You got a black belt degree in preschoolology. Preschoolology. I'm rocking
1: it. I didn't like it so much because this kid had a pencil and he used to sort of stab at me with it. (laughs) Yeah, that would have made my experience a lot But I'm making up for it it. now. I've made some very rough drawings. (laughs) Uh, I'm not quite at the level yet. You've done really well with that. But the planning is key because if you put the effort into the plan – then when you get to the event, you don't have to worry. It's the same as, exactly like on a small scale, it's the same as doing a good presentation for 60 minutes or an hour. Exactly. If you've rehearsed it, then by the time you turn up, you don't have to be nervous or worry because it's just going to follow to the plan.
0: No, it's exactly right. I remember being in my last event and uh, it was the end of the first session, sort of 10.30 morning tea, and I just looked at Adam, one of the guys who coaches with me, uh, and I said, mate, how are we doing? Is there anything that I've missed? And he goes, no, man, don't think, just do. And it's the perfect device because once it's planned, you just got to trust it. Yep. It's awesome. The other thing I I think is kind of relevant to this is the whole, the reason they come is the reason they'll buy a piece uh, that I learned from Greg Greg Clopper, you know, the event promoter guy. And and that's why the razzmatazz and the extra gurus and the multi-speaker thing can actually damage your sales. Like maybe it brings more people, but it brings the people for the wrong reasons.
1: Well, having, uh, I I think my fourth and fifth event, I had some multi-speakers and we sold stuff. Yeah. And the... Interesting thing was just the hassle factor of splitting commissions and following up payments, and then the sales revenue starts to diminish because right. now, hang on, I've got to pay him, 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 and him, and her. and Oh, okay. All so the expenses are yours, but yeah, then half the money on, like you No, that's so great. I think I'll just sell my own stuff. I think so too. I like the profit margin more.
0: Yeah, margin's a good thing. Man, I think that's killer. And so the idea that you know the time you put into planning up front just makes everything else really, really smooth. So I've got kind of three pieces of homework for people if that's cool. Number one, if you're planning an event, you could do this on a webinar too, but if you're planning an event where you want to sell something, particularly something high end, first piece of homework is just to list all of the elements out of your offer. Like what's in the program you want to sell. Content wise, but also logistically. You know, do they have calls with you or a one on one session with somebody else or you know, access to a website or whatever. So you can list those all out.
1: Just uh, I'm gonna ask you something specific about that. Yeah, please. You've got to list out the stuff that you want to sell, but is the stuff you want to sell based on what you want to
0: sell or, or what the solution needs to be for your market or a combination of both? It's definitely a combination of both. Uh, it's it's built around what do they most want and need right now. Uh, so then the logistics are just how do you deliver that. People don't buy the, you know, they're not excited because you get X number of CDs or this many workbooks or 20 hours with you. That, it, like, that's, that's completely It's completely irrelevant.
1: It's not about the stuff.
0: It's completely not about the stuff. And so we've got this kind of rant uh, in Black Belt at the moment as a, a dude kind of posted up his, his table of value. You know, here's everything that they get. I'm like, dude, it's 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 ridiculous. They don't need any of that stuff. I don't know who said this first, but the metaphor I think about it is you know, when somebody comes to you or me for coaching or, and you, the listener, if they come to you for advice, really they're kind of at the bottom of the mountain and they're looking at you to help them get to the top. And the traditional model of stuff equals value is let's give them as many CDs and workbooks and events and webinars and all this kind of – as much stuff as we can. It's like we've given them a backpack and then we load it up with all this stuff. If they call it thud factor. Yeah, they do. In fact, uh, one of the first coaches I ever worked with, Peter, had this time management system. And at the time, I was really struggling with it. As, as you know, I'm way better at it now. <laughs> and he says uh, – I said, so tell me about your time management course. And he goes, oh, it's, it's amazing. It's 13 kilos. Like that was some kind of <laughs> <laughs> benefit statement. You said, I don't have time to I, go It's like, dude, that's not a benefit. That's just weight. And so uh, you've got to uncouple stuff and value in your head. Well, I've actually got a hard drive on my shelf over there, which is about uh, two
1: terabytes, and it's jammed full of this guy's entire life works. And I haven't plugged it into the computer. No, like, I think it should it, probably stay on the shelf. It would be overwhelming for me to contemplate putting aside the time to actually even look at Correct. the contents of it, let alone to go through the stuff.
0: Yeah. And so the problem with the steak knives offers that most people do is it's all about the stuff and it's not about the value. So we go back to our kind of help man get to the top of the mountain or woman get to the top of the mountain analogy. The more stuff we put in their backpack, thinking it's value, the harder it is for them to climb up the mountain. Yep. And so if you think about like a Formula One car, it, they make them go faster by removing stuff, not by adding more. And so it's about giving people what they need, not all of the stuff that you think you need to do to justify your value.
1: And one, one of my mentors used to say that Formula One cars have no reverse gear. I don't know if that's true. They probably do. I reckon they probably don't. They probably, I'm not sure. I've never driven they're one. They're very forward-focused regardless.
0: Actually, uh, I was at an Italian restaurant the other day, and in the menu it had a quote by uh, Enzo Ferrari. And it said, aerodynamics are for people who can't build engines, which I thought was, <laughs> that was kind of funny. Anyway, let's get back to the topic. Uh, stuff is not value. The amount of bits you put in your offer are completely irrelevant. It's just a logic check for people to go. Oh, I buy into the outcome emotionally. Let me just have a quick look at the logistics and go. Okay, I can see how those things could deliver that outcome, and that's all you need. Yeah. So number one, we're going to list out all the elements of the offer. Number two, we're going to listen to their little voice and get clear about what are, what are people's objections and fears. And so I would literally encourage you to get some post-it notes or even just a sheet of paper and write down. You know, what are they scared of? What do they want? What are the objections? You know, what, all those kinds of. stuff.
1: Oh, I just did this exact exercise last week. Yeah, right. It's what. Who do I help? Yeah. And what are their biggest concerns and fears? Perfect. And then it's how how do I solve those? And then I sort of structure them into a little sentence. Exactly. But that's what a whole course can be. That's exactly what a course can so be. So really the big point here yep. is you can probably need to do less than what you think you need to do right now.
0: Oh, I'm, I am guarantee. Because yeah. value's in the client.
1: One pen, one stack of post-it notes,
0: and you're most of the way there. Yeah, exactly right. So – um. I reckon that's kind of that's the that's the deal. Mario, super well done. Uh, this has been a great conversation. It's actually nice to do it face to face. I get yeah, to see. Yeah, it. I prefer it. Yeah, it's awesome. So, guys, if you've enjoyed this, and girls, guys is unisex. My brother told know, me that when I, I was fifteen. I, I,
1: yeah, I know. I've I've asked someone in, in other markets. They've confirmed that they have. Yeah, perfect. It's I, like actor. Correct, but just doesn't make sense to me. But I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> you are.
0: I've always said that about you, James. So, dear listener, is that better? <laughs>
1: Well, that's yeah, that's great.
0: We've got two things we'd like to kind of give you. The first is just to have a look at what a poster note wall looks like when you've planned out an event. And so we'll put that up online at salesmarketingprofit.com. And secondly, the case study notes for today's episode of how, you know, what Maria did, what the big lessons were and the action steps res- associated therewith. That will be uh, accessible at salesmarketingprofit.com. Perfect. Dude, a uh, two things we should say as we wrap up is firstly, both you and I do a really great live event. And so you should check out What's the URL for yours? Superfastbusiness.com. Perfect. And you should check out com if you're a coach. It's been fun hanging out today. I can't wait to uh, get into your case study next week. Awesome. That it? That's it. Awesome. That was good. You're listening to SMP with James Schramko and talking Moore. Visit salesmarketingprofit.com.